Hello, hello to my beautiful self-healing souls. It's your host and your girl, Arena, and I mean, welcome back to Self Love Lounge. Here at Self Love Lounge, we hurt, we learn, we grow together. So grab your coffee, green juice, mystical tea, or white claw, I mean, why not? And let's get into it. Welcome back to Self Love Lounge. I am really excited about today's guest because growing up, I had an older sister and she ruined everything for me, like Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, and everything. But she really taught me a lot of the TV shows that we would watch. And one of them was like One Tree Hill and Degrassi. And then there was 90210. And I just remember being so excited about like the drama, but also like the wisdom that comes with it. And this next guest is someone who I've been really excited about. Hi, I'm Annalyn McCord. I'm happy to be here. And I love the name of your podcast. Thank you so much. I am beyond grateful that we get to share this time together to just unpack a talk topic that has honestly been on my heart for quite some time and I didn't know like how to make this episode, how to approach this topic of inner child healing that most of us are still trying to heal and we might not exactly know how to heal this this wound within ourselves and the universe sent you my way. And before even jumping into this episode and touching on this important topic, I wanted to just like give a little shout out to anyone who hasn't watched 90210 to please do so. Like, please go watch it because I mean, most of my listeners have fallen in love with your character for years. And because Annalyn McCord and AK Naomi was literally my life. And so, yeah. Okay. Well, Annalyn, I was. Diving into the videos that you released on your social page and you touch on a lot of important things. You touch on things that most people would shy away from and some of your videos touches on healing trauma like with the new ice bucket challenge and you talk about ending slavery because you're also the founder of the love storm which is amazing by the way and you touch on dancing with the darkness which we'll get into a little bit later in the episode and you touch on the power of breath work, anti-anxiety, depression, meditation, but most of all, you really make sure to touch on building a relationship with yourself. And that's a really big thing because with building relationship with yourself, the first question I even want to ask, and I hope that this resonates, why do we keep making choices that ultimately destroy ourselves and places us further away from the things that either matters to us most or just things that we're really, really like, we really want and this is just like stuck in our head and there's nothing else that we think about. Well, it's a wonderful question. And I think that for a little bit of context in in my own personal experience, the unconscious memories were creating a cycle I had no idea about. I wouldn't have known how to even know that I was being self-destructive. Mm-hmm. I I was a success to everyone that heard my story. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, she left home at 15 years old and studied in New York and then moved yeah. to Los Angeles at 18. And everyone told her trailer park kids never going to make it as an actress. And then she went and got a hit show by age 
18 and then 20, I was on 90210. And I was a raging success. <laughs> and I was cutting up my arms and self-harming and suicidal and depressed and anxious and all of the things that were not, we're still, they're still stigmatized today, but yeah. we were not speaking about these things at all when mm-hmm. I was going through them. I never heard of anybody with anxiety or depression. And those are whispery things that you don't talk about because shame, shame, shame. I, I was just existing and I didn't know there was an opportunity to have a different kind of existence. So maybe someone would label itself destructive or doing destructive things. I wouldn't have known a model to look to, to do something in a different way, right? You, you can't fix something that you don't know is broken. I didn't know I was broken. I thought maybe everybody is, I thought maybe everyone deals with this. Maybe everyone (laughs) blurs out their memories and doesn't know what they did last week. And, and, you know, because they're so high strung and have so much anxiety. I, I had no concept that there was a world where happiness could be a lifestyle. Yeah. I, there was a lot of people saying, Oh my God, just think positive thoughts. And I wanted to punch all those people (laughs) on the face with my elbow. Uh, (laughs) That was not, that was not a world for me. I thought that the ignorant were happy. Ignorance right. is bliss. I thought you had to be an ignoramus to be happy because if you yeah. were intelligent at all, and I prided myself on my intellect, mm-hmm. and that's why I was miserable. And what I've come to discover is that all of all of all mm-hmm. what you were asking me to begin with, yeah. the answer is in the measurable quantitative measurement mm-hmm. of vibration of energy. Yeah. I was existing in an energetic field of self hate. Mm-hmm. So, in the field of hate, in the anger that that creates, so the field of anger, in the, the shame that that generates, so shame, yeah. guilt, so guilt, pride. When I needed to elevate a little bit, I would have, you know, a little sense of dignity. Yeah. I would get as high as pride. I was experiencing life in cycles and energetic experience of low vibrations, Mm -hmm. low, low, low measurable Mm -hmm. energetic emotion. And so the universe does not speak English. It speaks energy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so it said, Oh, okay. Well, Annalyn likes hate. So let's send her more people who are hating people and hating things and hatred, hatred, hatred. The universe is very kind. It gives you exactly what you put out. It's like, okay. And, and I didn't know a world where love existed because I, I wasn't shown that I was shown performance based quote unquote love, Mm -hmm. which is not love at all. Yeah. That is approval based and it's, oh, I'm going to be ostracized. If I don't do dot, dot, dot. So for me, these destructive cycles and these destructive things that I was doing, Mm -hmm. and then the energy of destruction was coming back into my world because I was putting it out into the universe. I had no idea what, where, when, or how. I didn't even have the memories. I didn't know that I was a victim of childhood sexual abuse until I was 31 years old. Mm -hmm. That was two and a half years ago. I lived a whole lifetime, you know, really, really a lifetime is what it it felt like a long life Mm -hmm. Uh, in a very, very dark place. And darkness met me. (laughs) You just touched on something that many of us go through when we talk about self-destructive behaviors or enters toxic cycles, whether it's friendships or relationships. It's so scary for me to know that when 
trauma, darkness meets with you, I feel like we become resistant and start to unconsciously block memories, as you said, block any kind of signs that may be beneficial or even something that later on actually becomes the reason that you are in this place today. And again, it's because we're in this low vibrational energy field. I remember the first time I became aware of my cycle was probably right before COVID. I remember just analyzing my circle based on the full moon or the new moon of the month. And I'd self-reflect upon, okay, what in my life has progressed and what in my life has remained constant? It hasn't moved. It hasn't progressed. It's just stagnant. So I was in this energy field where I wanted to grow and I had to leave behind things, situations, and part of myself that were no longer going to complement my life. And I think you touched on something really, really important. You said there is a world where happiness can be a lifestyle. And I think that it should be a lifestyle. And that kind of opened my perspective because I have this idea where happiness is great. Happiness is an emotion. But you don't always have to be happy. You want to embrace the good, the bad, the ugly. And that itself is happiness. That itself is beautiful. And so I think my next question for you is how are you able to break out of that cycle or become aware of that cycle? So <laughs> multifaceted answer for you. Um, yeah. It is uh, healing is a lifelong journey, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it just just smacks you in the face and smacks you some more. But what I've found now is that my healing journey, I, I learned from joy now and, and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But the first incident that clued me into a very important detail that we should all be aware and <laughs> conscious of it, hopefully <laughs> at some point in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> the common denominator in all of my problems mm-hmm. was me. Right. It was the one person that was always there when all this destruction was happening. And there was a moment when this world that was out to get me and this world that was out to get me and the world was out to get me. They, and the world was out to get me when I was a child. Yeah. But I took that belief about the world on this deep cellular wired in my brain level Mm -hmm. that I couldn't have been expected at 15 years old to be able to understand, let alone be able to unwire and rewire. Right. I took that into the world and 10 years would go by. And around my 25th birthday, I (laughs) had what we love to call an aha moment. (laughs) Boom! The epiphany came. And I was with a partner and I was head over heels in love and it went south. And I had had this rigid rule about the male population and I was a man eater and I burned my bras and I was that kind of chick for a long (laughs) time. Ironically, in all of that, I was embodying masculine energy. So I was actually shitting on women. I wasn't, I was actually... I wasn't a fan of either, you know, not, not very nice to anybody because I was hurting people, hurt other people. I was in pain, but I had this moment and this thing went down and my friends were all coming around me and they were just like, we can't believe this happened to you. You didn't deserve this. You did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. You did nothing. This began to play in my head. You did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. You didn't deserve this. You did nothing wrong. 
And I was like, I call bullshit. Mm -hmm. I did something. What is it? It's not about being punished. It's not that, you know, we get these concepts of, oh, karma. And then we Mm -hmm. think of it like I'm being punished. It's, It's not. Again, it's the energy you put out, you get back. Right. I put out an energy of cheating on my partner. Mm-hmm. Not the one that I was in love with. Yeah. <laughs> partners, be- partners before. Yeah. When it mattered most to me, it came back. Right. That energy that I put out there in the world came back. Yeah. When it would hurt me the most as a gift, as a wake-up call to say, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do you want more of this? Does it yeah. feel good? It's not a punishment, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's an aha moment. And suddenly I could be in control. Yeah. If I did nothing wrong, if I had no reason, no energetic vibrational frequency being sent out of my body to other people, mm-hmm. that I could then change and tune and heighten so that this doesn't happen to me again. Right. Then I'm just, I'm completely lost in the universe. Anything can happen to me at any point. So what was really profound was this moment. I said, okay, I'm going to take ownership for the fact Though I didn't do anything necessarily wrong, and that's an arbitrary word, though I didn't do anything according to societal conditioning in the third dimension (laughs) um, (laughs) as technically bad in this relationship, I've done some bad shit. Mm -hmm. I've got a shadow and she's a little hoe. So (laughs) I had to I had to say hi, what's up, hoe? What you doing, girl? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Um probably won't don't want to do that again. Yeah. Um, didn't feel good when it came back around. And I began this inward journey. And that was 25. By the time I was 31 and my memories returned, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm pretty much fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm good. I've got yeah. like a little PTSD, like yeah. just like a little post-traumatic stress. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be so fine. I'm just yeah. going to like go to a doctor for a few weeks and I'll be cured. <laughs> That happened. And then three (laughs) weeks later, my whole earth got shattered all over again. And it's interesting because why do we come here? Mm -hmm. Why do we come to earth? Why are we here? I I don't know what you believe. I don't know what your listeners believe. I believe in an essence, in a consciousness, in a soul inside of these bodies. This body is as much me as the characters I play, as the car I drive, as the house I live in. Mm -hmm. I am an energy, a light inside of this body that turns this body on and makes it talk and makes it do things. And when the light goes, Mm -hmm. the body dies. That's how I believe. I also have similar beliefs, actually the exact same belief that we are here for a reason and we may not know that reason and that's okay. And I think that's why we're here. We're trying to figure out the reason. And many times when we confront something that seems too good to be true or a coincidence, the only way that I can explain this is that this is actually fate and that this coincidence is sent from the universe to wake you up, to shake you up, to make you see beyond the veil and not just, like you said, exist. Because we are so incredibly powerful and there are magical things around us that some may not understand. And we can go on a rampage about this belief, but I believe that we really need to experience this to understand what it is we're talking about. So whether you listen to this today and you are like, what the fuck are these two ladies talking about? (laughs) Or, okay, 
they're on to something. Okay, I'm kind of grasping this this concept here. Or you get it because you experience something similar. A hundred percent. I love that. And and to that point, I I believe that we we come here and there's a why. There's a there's a magnetic part of us that pulls yeah. in. I pull you in and we get to have a podcast conversation together. And I, I pull in the people that are going to teach me the biggest lessons. I had this one guy that I dated privately. Somehow we managed to keep it private on and off mm-hmm. for four years. And if you say his name to any one of my friends, they're immediately going to want to, they just go into like homicidal kill mode. Yeah. I have so much gratitude to him. Mm-hmm. What a gift! What a gift he is! Yeah. What a guru! What a sage! He was here to teach me something. He was here to face me with all that was myself, all of my darkest part, and I was the same for him because I showed him a lot of dark stuff too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what a gift! We don't see things like this. We we see things so linear. And for me personally, the journey to self discovery mm-hmm. is a spiral. Yes. It's a spiral. You you think you're leveling up and you are, but then you go all the way back to the back. And then you spiral <laughs> yeah. again and you go all the way back yep. to the back. And it's it's beautiful because yeah. at no point are you there. At no point did you make it. If yeah. you make it, then what why are we here? Yeah. Right? Yeah. This experience for me coming into the body of Annalyn and discovering her and becoming her and going through what she's gone through and living mm-hmm. as Annalyn, it's it's about how can I ascend? How can I elevate? How can I in that journey? And yeah. for as long as her life is, how do I get to bring a little more love into this world, mm-hmm. bring a little more light, bring yeah. a little more understanding, a little more compassion? And how can I put more of a accurate narrative around that yeah. of compassion and love and light and all these wonderful things that sound mm-hmm. so whimsical. Yeah. Those are not for the weak at heart. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to be vengeful. It's easy to be malicious. Yeah. You don't have to be really profound to do any of that. In fact, yeah. it's kind of the opposite of profundity. <laughs> it is profound to be able to get to a place yeah. where you can see someone for their shadow and see them for their pain not yeah. for the actions that they're taking. Yeah. I I was watching one of your videos on Instagram where you did a meditation to heal a past trauma and you visualized a person that harmed you the most as a child because it was easier to forgive the small wounded child who also experienced a trauma than the aggressor and the monster that in the moment created trauma for you. And I tried it at home with my own experience with my past trauma that took place in high school, which also for all the listeners, I did a whole episode called Me Too for season one, if you haven't already seen it. But the point is that when I did try that meditation, I became more aware, which was profound as you call it. To be able to get to a place where you can see someone for their shadow and see them for their pain and not for their action that they took. You know, you bring a little more love and compassion, which is the key to healing any past traumas than being vengeful or malicious, like you said, because that's what will truly enslave you to your own emotions. And that's where it can be a little dangerous and a little foggy to get out of that headspace. So yeah, oh, that makes me so happy. That makes me so happy. The the inner child work 
it's at first there's a lot of resistance because stuff is going to come up and it's scary to broach that. But one of the things I love to do, and, and if, if your listeners want to, can, we can do it right now. It's like, it takes 20 seconds, Yeah. but if you're not driving (laughs) or you need your eyeballs, um, I invite, I invite you to just close your eyes for a second. And get inside of your mind a mental picture of you as a kid. Maybe it's a picture you've seen of yourself. Maybe you, maybe you actually remember you as a little one. And just kind of really actually imagine yourself as you, the adult, looking at you, the child. And, and as if you could kind of interact, just create that space in your mind. And then approach that little one. And maybe I like to put little Anna in my lap and I put her in my lap and I'm like, hi there, pretty one. And I put my hands on both of her you know, cheeks and hold her face in my hands. And I look into her eyes and I invite you to do that with your little self and just say, I'm so sorry for all of your pain. Oh, I'm so sorry. For all the times you felt unseen and unheard, I'm so sorry. I am here now. And you, you might get hurt, but I will never leave you unseen. I will never leave you unheard. I will be here with you forever. That's my promise to you. And then just kind of feeling the heart center, right? And breathing into that heart space as you gently open your eyes. It's it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. We build a relationship with everybody else but ourselves. Yeah. Why? We're the one we're always with. <laughs> yeah. I I literally feel like I just want to like cry because this simple meditation is building a relationship with ourselves. And the little arena that I visualized just now, I just want to hug her so much and just cry with her because of the times that little arena didn't feel seen or heard. And it's just like such a beautiful thing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Ball your eyes out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, hope, I hope that at some point you do because that means there's something to release and cleanse. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. I yeah. cry more than I've ever cried in my entire life. And it's always this cleansing, beautiful expulsion of, of energy, of, of something, you know, something alchemizing inside of me, something elevating, transmuting. Absolutely. But that that little one inside you, mm-hmm. that little one will guide you. That little one will tell you when things are not icky. No, we don't like this or, mm-hmm. or yay, let's do this. Let's play. Let's not work so hard. Let's have a beautiful moment of flow and be present. And we don't listen to the little ones. We, we lock that little one away and no, 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 no. Don't do this. And don't do that. And don't say this and don't say that and be better. And little, little, and, and it's like, when, when does would you really like a child a six-year-old and expect that out of them it's yeah insane it is insane to know that we were so young we were so passionate and joyful and then we reached a point in our lives where opinion started to matter and we were just stuck in this cycle of opinions and we kept recycling these negative opinions or overly positive opinions about ourselves. Why? Why do they matter? Why do opinions matter? I think I don't have the answer. 
And I also think that I don't have to have the answer. Because why do opinions matter? Maybe there's a deep-rooted answer and maybe there isn't. And I think to even try to dissect how opinions started to matter in our lives and how we lost ourselves in opinions, I think my next question that I want to ask you is how do we become aware of our traumas and suppressed emotions and how are we able to heal and not project that onto others? An amazing question. The the way to, to really, if you want to do something, really, really unravel it all, just mm-hmm. keep asking why. Mm-hmm. What, why do we care about opinions? Why, why does it matter what a woman's supposed to look like? Why does that matter to us? And why does that, that matter to us? And, and mm-hmm. then, and then you start unraveling it and you get all the way back to the baseline, which is this moment that we just had, which is that at six years old, you got hurt mm-hmm. because someone said, no, 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 not you. Yeah. Not the way you look, not the way you sound, not the way you do things. No, 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 not you. And that purity, that innocence was just ripped away. Mm -hmm. And then we spend a life covering that pain because that heart wound hurts. Yeah. It hurts in my heart when I, when I think that, you know, I'm going to try to put myself out there and, 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 you know, dance or or be artistic. It's, Mm -hmm. it's too scary now because Because someone said, no, not your art, not, not like that. When you're so open mm-hmm. and you're unprotected because we are so open and it's beautiful as children, but we aren't protected because we don't know that there's something out there that wants to harm us. We don't want to yeah. harm anything. Yeah. But if you're, if you're looking at, looking for a tangible way to determine whether something might've happened to you or it, it always comes out, trust. Yeah. But, <laughs> but if you're, if you feel like you're uncertain and you want to know anything in extreme, mm-hmm. whether it's for me, I went extremely sexual. Mm-hmm. An opposite of end of that spectrum would be to go no sex, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I feel awkward during sex. I leave my body during sex. I, I lose sensation in my body. I, I feel awkward around men. I feel uncomfortable around, you know, whatever, beautiful women, little, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There, there is an extreme on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Something is there. Dig into it. Ask, why are you here? Why am I so sexual? Why did every comment that came out of my mouth for 10 years have to be a crude joke about that's what she said. That's what he said. I mean, I, I literally would be accused of sexual harassment, the the level of jokes that I would make that were so inappropriate and inappropriate situations, like the knowing what we, what we deem it as now I was, I was the one guilty of sexual harassment. I was so inappropriate. Yeah. Why, why was that? My whole life was about sex. Right. I I was taught sex by the time I was six years old. I knew what sexuality was because it was being done to me. Of course, it's you do something for 30 years, you're gonna be good at it. <laughs> I was good at sex. So so for me, there was this extreme promiscuity, sexuality. Those in and of themselves are not wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're digging, mm-hmm. those are some little red flags to look at. It's it's really interesting to see both extremes because from my experience, I went on the opposite side of the extreme. You know, I was leaving my body during sex, like you said, or viewing sex with so much discomfort because of the way I was raised. 
sex was just never talked about. Not to say that my parents or my grandparents or my family aren't great, amazing, supportive, coolest people in the world, but in my culture, sex just wasn't talked about and it made everything like very taboo. And when it was talked about in school, it wasn't viewed positively, you know? Girls were labeled as sluts if they had too much sex, and if they didn't, they'd be losers or something's wrong with her. And I remember there was, like, competition as to who was going to lose their virginity first, and it had to be announced. And I just remember someone said, Arena would be the last to lose her virginity. And so what did I do? I lost it, and I got hurt and a trauma developed by someone I probably shouldn't have trusted, but I did anyways because I wanted to fit in. So when that situation happened, it affected me emotionally, spiritually, just every aspect of my life was ruined, it almost felt like. You know, I I couldn't have sex comfortably without having a panic attack or having anxiety about it, during it, after it. And now I can honestly say like with building a relationship with myself and then meeting someone who is just so supportive and patient and just amazing, I was able to heal that aspect of my trauma and build this amazing foundation with my current partner who is the freaking best person in the world and I just want to shout out to my boyfriend Thomas so hey <laughs> but yeah it's just really cool to see the extremes of how your body responds to trauma and how your body eventually heals through self-awareness that you have about your situation and about your responses and about your extremes that you go about in order to feel a sense of control or safety net. You also had to dig into the reasons of the extreme. Your word might've been protection. My word was power. Mm -hmm. I felt that my power was being taken away and I didn't like that because I like being powerful and I was pissed the fuck off Mm -hmm. and I was going to get my power back. So I was going to fuck a guy and leave him there because I didn't care because I was so powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was actually just miserable, but I told myself that it was powerful and I really believed it for a while there Mm -hmm. And, and I hurt people. Mm-hmm. And I hurt people because I needed some feeling of power. But the the issue that my energetic field was trying to rectify was I got abused. I was weak. I want to be strong and powerful. Oh, I have to become an abuser. Okay. I wasn't raping people, mm-hmm. but I was certainly not treating people very well. And I became a bully and I became a very intense energy because I just didn't want to feel weak anymore. Right. I wanted to be the tough one. I wanted to be powerful. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be strong. Mm-hmm. In the direction that you went, it might be um, another word might be more important to you. Protection, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is that then you close off, that you shut down. All of them are protective mechanisms. Yeah. I didn't want to be put in a situation where I was made to feel weak again. Mm-hmm. So I was putting off a don't fuck with me vibe. Mm-hmm. Or a disappearing vibe is also, in your mind, effective uh, to protect you. So it's all about protection. So look at, look at things in your life and say, why am I protecting myself? Yeah. What am I afraid of? What happened? 
that made me this afraid? Yeah. When, when did, you know, I first noticed this, how long has this been going on? You start asking yourself questions. We don't ask ourselves questions. We don't build relationships with ourselves. Yeah. We build relationships. If you want to get to know someone, if you want to get to look, we're doing a podcast right now. You're asking me questions. Do you ask yourself these questions, right? We don't ask, we need to do a podcast with ourselves. So I guess my next question is how do we become full and not try to fill us up? by external things or external materialistic things or people or situations or try to distract us from actually building a relationship with ourselves and just owning who we are and the experiences, not labeling the experience as good or bad because every experience is a blessing and a lesson and that kind of rhyme which is kind of cool but anyways so yeah so how do we become full and not try to fill us up i think that if there's anything that we need to know about our time here mm-hmm. is why we matter yeah and and that presupposes that we do matter mm-hmm. your your finding that in your mentorship where where you're seeing your story has meaning mm-hmm. for someone else's life right this existential why am i here and do i matter and what's it all for mm-hmm. it's it's keep digging go take yeah. that and with it don't stop there mm-hmm. and if you don't get the answer at first just keep asking keep asking the point that you reach when suddenly it's something clicks it clicked for me when i started doing reiki this year mm-hmm. so i started having reiki performed on me and yeah. then i actually just graduated from reiki one and two all of a sudden i was like whoa <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> problem we have no problem and reiki for those who don't know is is an energy healing modality that is ancient and wonderful and amazing and everyone's like oh it's like tree hugger shit it's like oh have you never tried it yeah that's so cute because that's exactly <laughs> what i used to call it what's really interesting is that we have no problem looking up at the sun and being like oh the sun you know it powers houses and cars and yeah. gives us vitamin d yeah <laughs> how does a ball of fire out in space somewhere give us vitamin D. (laughs) Did anybody think about that? Like with their actual (laughs) brain? Like that's weird, dude. Like that's strange. How does it, how's a ball of fire give you a vitamin? Yeah. Is it just me or is that fucking weird? Yeah. So why wouldn't something like Reiki be something Mm -hmm. powerful, right? Right. It is, again, (sighs) these, (laughs) these different healing opportunities, they're not for the faint of heart. They're not for the weak of mind. If anybody going after healing if you're not committed, <laughs> yeah. you know, why don't you just stick to the wines on a happy hour of Friday yeah. night? You know, like, like that's going to help you more than doing any of this work. Cause this yeah. requires commitment. You can't show up, go to therapy for three weeks and then be like, <laughs> you know, I'll try it again next year. It doesn't yeah. work like that. No, and you need yeah. concentrated effort. And so for me, Reiki opened up a pathway to awareness that this world and this universe is so energetically connected in mm-hmm. such a profound way. And we are so held. We're right. so held by this force, this most powerful force, this love energy that mm-hmm. permeates our world. And that is the world of energy. And that is the world that I tapped into as this 15-year-old girl who was going to make her dreams come true. Mm-hmm. And I loved acting. And it was the love energy. I was in a love right. energy. 
I had a lot of pain and stuff over here, but the love I had for acting was so big. Mm -hmm. It made it magnetic. It pulled it to me. It brought my dreams to me. There's no reason why a trailer park kid with no Mm -hmm. connections in Hollywood should have made it the way I made it. This opened up a whole world for me in, in the energetic world. And it's just stuff that people will discount. They're like, okay, she's starting to lose me here. And the truth Mm -hmm. is you'll find it when you're ready to find it and not a moment before. If anybody told me this shit three years ago, four (laughs) years ago, I'd be like, okay, go hug a tree. Like, you know, (laughs) I, I had no time and space for it. That's really cool. Also to just go back to the recce, because I think I also tapped into it a little bit and I was tired of just like regular therapy and I needed something more, I think. And also therapy for anybody who doesn't know therapy takes a lot of commitment as you said because sometimes you're going to meet like the shitty therapist who doesn't validate your feelings and you're like okay well this is the worst but you got to keep pushing until you find the one I guess like yes the one is the (laughs) therapist that you need but I started recce and it's really amazing also with like the chakras that you have and sometimes they may be blocked and sometimes you might be like why is my throat chakra shut like why can't I speak what I need to speak and it's it's all connected as you said and I actually struggled to answer that question for so long of how are we all connected until Mm. one day it all just clicked and it was like oh my goodness once I had my sleep paralysis actually that's when it all clicked of why we're so connected oh amazing oh that's incredible yeah you really do have to experience it and you'll experience it the moment you're ready and not a moment before and nobody can make that moment for you you've Mm got to find it yourself I think that Reiki and ayahuasca. (laughs) I did ayahuasca and I was pissed. I was pissed at my friends who got me to do it. I did a documentary for um, my friends or producers and they were like, we need a skeptic. And I was like, that's me. I was the skeptic. (laughs) I went to hell, like a different kind of hell. And it, it was the most life-changing thing I've ever done. I set 10 intentions when I did that within 13 months every single intention had come to pass. The last one being that my memories came back. I asked, show me what I don't know to know. Mm-hmm. And I saw wow. my memories. I didn't know to know that I was sexually abused as a kid. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. within 13 months, every single thing I had set an intention for had happened. This interconnectedness, it's its so interesting with ayahuasca because DMT is the major component. Diomethyltryptamine mm-hmm. is a major component of ayahuasca. So we create DMT in our lungs. Like when we do deep breath work, you can see visions, your third eye, your pineal gland. You can obviously, you know, create, um, it, it metabolizes melatonin, serotonin, turns it into nitric oxide and turns it into DMT. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. I'm a little bit of a nerd if you're into this stuff. <laughs> it's very if you're listening, check out Dr. Joe Dispenza. Us becoming supernatural that will change your whole life. If you think this is all quackery, listen to this podcast again in three years when you don't. But <laughs> it ripped all of everything off of all things. But yeah. DMT is in all of us, like it's in almost every organism on the planet. And, and all of a sudden, I was like, like I looked at birds different. I was like, wait, what's happening to me? I'm becoming a hippie. Yeah. <laughs> But you said something about chakras, and I appreciate you bringing that up because, and Ricky is about kind of clearing the energy field of, of, of the inside of us. Yeah. And we will think, no, no problem. I'll take my car to get an oil change. Yeah, no. But you won't do maintenance on yourself. <laughs> yeah. You won't, you won't make sure that the work, the energy, you'll make sure the energy of your car is working perfectly and the, yeah. the power source is energizing the engine, but mm-hmm. you're not going to 
check on the energy field inside you that's making you yes. function correctly and do do a little tune up on you. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, right? We don't yeah. think of it like that. Yeah. We, we really I, don't. Yeah, I really like that. I can't really say what it, what was the ritual ayahuasca. Yes, what was that experience? Because I actually just googled this and watched a whole video of it. But like, what is the process like guiding me through it? Like, what is like? How did you even come to uh, commit to this? Well, well, yes, <laughs> it was. So my very good friend, she's. Uh, just amazing and a mm-hmm. wonderful human and she's a producer of unscripted and she was doing a documentary on plant medicine called the medicine actually if you guys want to check it out it's a pretty it's a beautiful documentary with um nfl player former nfl player carrie rhodes is in it as well he and i both go on the journey he's like all about it and excited and i'm like <laughs> yeah this is fucking weird shit <laughs> like, so you see this dichotomy between the two of us yeah and she asked you know i need a skeptic and i was like okay me i'm the skeptic <laughs> and we end up in costa rica and it's like a whole thing. You, mm-hmm. you have to go on a diet. You can't like, as a woman, you can't be on your period. It's like, mm, okay. like, there's like a whole energy thing and you don't really know why, but you just follow it. So like no salt, no meat. No, there's like, like random stuff for a week, just for a week up to it. No sex. Mm-hmm. I was like, you mean I can't get oh, away uh, for a week? I'm going to die. <laughs> um, I managed, I managed. So you do that in preparation. And then they ask you if you're really serious about it, this experience, like, mm-hmm set intentions I little wild child that I am not wanting to miss a moment I'm like FOMO Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I've got to do every intention possible. <laughs> I, you'll see in the documentary, I have really bad acne in the documentary, and I had bad acne my whole life. Mm-hmm. I literally was like, I want my acne to clear. You might notice, Obviously, yeah, I can't see it, but y'all, I have real clear skin now. I'm just saying, yeah, um, I've had clear skin ever since. It was just like, wow. it, like random. Like I was just asking for anything. I didn't yeah. care. Yeah. But, I said a few things and then I said, wait, I don't want to miss anything. Mm-hmm. What if I don't know to know what to ask for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my last intention was show me what I don't know to know. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how powerful this ayahuasca stuff was. Yeah. And she was like, oh, really, honey? Is that what you want to mm-hmm. know? Okay. Well, I'm going to take you to the ends of the universe. and oh, You're about God. to get scared to death. Oh, God. Um, so she threw down and uh, I was like, fuck this. I did not do, it's a two night ceremony. I only did one night. I was pissed. I was so mad. I would tell my friends, they were all assholes. They didn't prepare me for what this was. And what I believe really happened was that, you know, they call them growing pains. I say this in a documentary, they call them growing pains, not growing joys mm-hmm. <laughs> because growing can be very painful. Yes. <laughs> it can be a painful process. It was like 10 years of therapy in one night. Wow. So if you are balls to the wall and you really want to rip off the band-aid and you are not <laughs> afraid to go to hell, you might just do just that. Mm-hmm. Ayahuasca is a beautiful thing. All of going to the hell I really mean it when I say you can't do anything to me now because I've seen and felt and experienced all of it in an existential way, in a physical way, mm-hmm. in a psychological way, in a mental, emotional, all the things. Yeah. And I know that it's because I've I've taken my healing mm-hmm. <laughs> like a bull by the horns mm-hmm. and I've gone hard after healing. Yeah. And 
and I live the life that you deserve to live if you mm-hmm. go hard after healing. I wake up every day with so much gratitude yeah. that I'm here, that I'm alive. I wanted to kill myself for years. Now mm-hmm. I wake up in my body and I'm like, I'm still here. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad that you are still here because I really do think like your words really do matter. And what you're saying to me is it makes sense why we connected because I really was missing that wisdom that you are giving me today. So yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my God, it's my honor. I'm so privileged to be on your podcast and be a part of this. Yeah. And just a last question before we wrap up, but if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, I love that. I think I would ask her, please never leave. You are so true and pure. And I felt so dark and damaged and tainted in my life. Please be my guide. Show me when I miss the mark. Redirect me. Remind me to play, remind me to laugh, Mm -hmm. remind me to be present and to be free like you. Please stay with me for all of my life and be my guide forever. Oh, that's so sweet. I feel like I needed to hear that too for my little younger for your little yeah yeah our littles are the best they are they really are I sometimes like miss like sometimes I'll visualize like my younger self and be like I miss you like where have you been (laughs) yes that's all inner child work that little part of us is so in touch with the universe with the world with energy because we haven't developed the brain yet at that age Mm -hmm. right yeah so that that essence of ourself is still so much a part of the inside of our world Mm -hmm. our internal world yeah has the same sensibilities as going back, you know, 10 years, 15 years. I don't know. You were six, like 12 years ago. I was six (laughs) a little bit longer ago. Yeah. Yeah, So just to wrap this up now, um, where can listeners find you? And do you have any current projects that you're currently working on? Yes. Um, so you can find me on the Annalyn McCord on Facebook and Instagram. And I, have a podcast myself now, a new podcast mm-hmm. called Unzipped with my former castmate from 90210, Shanae Grimes Beach. And we have new episodes out every Wednesday. And the podcast social is at Unzipped Pod. If people want to check that out, I have a film coming out on May 29th called Feral State. And that will be Aww. in theaters and also on demand. So my organization, the organization I work with in Cambodia, we launched a campaign on National Human Trafficking Awareness Day back last year, 2020. So on January 11th, 2020. And we've had to make it virtual because we couldn't really do a global tour with COVID. Yeah. But it will be an actual physical tour once we're able to travel again everything mm-hmm. but the lovestorm.com is the campaign website and if anybody if anything I've been talking about today resonates with you and you want to get involved in some way shape or form you can join the movement we're not going to spam you we're not going to send you crazy stuff but we'll let you know when we're doing events that have these kind of themes that we're mm-hmm. talking about these themes in fighting slavery from the inside out so from the mind to the body. The mind is so often enslaved. And those are the chains we can't see. Those are the Mm -hmm. invisible chains. So we are aiming to fight slavery 
that 7.8 billion people experience. Right. And that's slavery of the mind, imprisonment of the mind, and these belief systems. So that sounds like something that resonates with mm-hmm. anyone. They're more than welcome to join the movement, www.thelovestorm.com. So, Annalyn, thank you so much for sharing all of all that you do with so much love. Today's episode was incredible, and the wisdom gained today is unforgettable. I believe that. I personally needed to hear everything that you did and everything that you shared because this episode is going to be an episode that I'm going to be re-watching, re-listening over and over again. And I just want to thank you so much. And please, everybody, check out Annalyn on Instagram, but also just check out the movement that she created because this is incredible. A little reminder, how can you support Self Love Lounge? Please subscribe, rate stars, write a review, and you can also find us on Instagram at selfloveloungeunderscore. And I will see you all every other Wednesday.